You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am here with Tanya Bevington, Head of Communications, IKEA Canada. She leads the National Corporate Communications and Public Affairs programs for the world-leading home furnishing retailer. A seasoned pro with 20-plus years communications experience, Tanya also sits on the IKEA Canada management team. Thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me today. I was really excited to be able to sit down and uh, to talk to some marketing and uh, communications professionals and share some of uh, our story and our journey. And uh, hopefully it resonates with some of your viewers. It's amazing. And, and no doubt some of our uh, listeners and viewers are, are sitting on an IKEA chair uh, a desk, uh, you know, many, I think, marketing and advertising offices are, uh, you know, built with Ikea, you know, and, and designed, you know, in the in the Ikea essence of, uh, of the way it is just because of the look and the feel and the minimalist uh, vibe. Well, we love that. And uh, certainly even before I worked at Ikea, it was always a uh, the brand was always uh, certainly um, one of my top favorite go-to brands and uh, a lot of my furnishing before I started working here too. So it's always great to hear the love uh, and affinity everyone has for, for the IKEA brand. It's amazing. So uh, everyone has a great origin story of, of how they got to where they are and, and how did you end up in the, the world of IKEA? Well, absolutely. So I you know, did my undergrad degree in anthropology and sociology, but while I was at university, I went to the University of Western Ontario. I was with an organization doing a lot of event planning and and promotions, and and that piqued my interest, if you will, um, in a world of PR and communications, and then uh, did a postgraduate program there and started working in the public sector, actually, um, for uh, a couple of public sector agencies. I then went uh, to Australia and and did my master's in communications and came back to Toronto and started working for the Toronto Waterfront Revitalization Project. And I was there for 10 years. And uh, I think that job in particular really taught me that I, for me, it was very important to really be passionate about the work that I was doing in communications and marketing. I did a variety of roles while I was there and I wanted the work that I was personally doing to have that greater impact and know that I was uh, contributing to something larger. So, um, and you know, it was a really exceptional opportunity to be able to see people enjoy some of the the parks and public spaces and vibrant communities that I played a small role in, if you will. Uh, And and nothing was more uh, inspiring than that. So that really taught me my next job too. I really needed to make sure that uh, I um, was passionate about the work. And then of course, IKEA, the opportunity to move from uh, public sector to private sector was really interesting to me. I've always loved retail and, you know, a lot of my, beginning career journey, Um, even as a teen working in retail environment, I've always loved retail and um, home furnishing and home decor too also was an an area of interest for me. But I really connected, you know, of course I loved IKEA as a customer, but then when I learned more about the journey around sustainability, really are leading with our culture and values, wanting to have that bigger impact in society and play that bigger role, that really um, intrigued me. And that's how I a long story to say how I got there or got here and I've been here for almost eight years because I'm so connected I feel it's such a privilege working for such a special brand it's amazing 
And, and those that don't know, maybe tell us maybe some of the highlights of the ways that IKEA is living up to this idea of sustainability and um, you know social responsibility. Absolutely, and I think that's always something that uh, people are always so pleasantly surprised. I think there's an you know affinity for the brand, and we seem to be a cool brand, but people are always surprised to hear the greater work that we're doing. So, you know, my team and I, you know, it's definitely been our, our mission and a prime focus to start telling these stories in a, in a bigger way. But uh, one thing to notice that we've been very committed to uh, sustainability for many years as a, as a corporation and becoming more sustainable within our operations. Um, one thing you may not know, we own two wind farms in Canada, which people are always surprised to hear. They're both in Alberta. And, uh, because of the wind farms, we actually produce four times the amount of clean energy that it takes to operate our, our units within Canada. And we've been energy independent since 2015. So that's always a really big, oh, wow, um, moment. And then now we have bold ambitions to, to be a fully circular business by 2030. So I think we've been really trying to move the needle on sustainability from a corporate perspective but also more recently, really trying to enable our customers to live more sustainably. We know, especially in Canada, you know, over 80% of Canadians want to live more sustainably, but don't always know how. And, you know, we want, we think that through our, our insights, our knowledge and our home furnishing um, solutions and offering, we can enable Canadians to live more sustainably at home. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sustainability a luxury for a few but available to the many so that's been really exciting to see that transition within our own business too and helping to enable our, our customers um, but also to another area that I'm really passionate about and really pleased with is our culture and values and our purpose we've our purpose and our vision are one and the same and our vision is to create a better everyday life for the many people and that's been our vision for 70 years but now we're really seeing over the last few years how important it is to really lead with our, our purpose and you know, lead our business through that. We absolutely feel that you know, it's good business to be a good business and more and more customers and coworkers expect that accountability and transparency when it comes to our business practices and how we um, what are, are doing our part to protect the environment but also taking care of our people. Amazing. I, I want to highlight two things. Um, yes. One I want to talk about is the scraps book. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about this because I, I saw it in the, the, the news, an article about it, and I was like, this is genius. Wonderful. So, and that's a strong collaboration between our marketing and communications teams. And it's been really exciting that journey too, where we're looking at opportunities to have that more purposeful discussion. And, and in this case, um, you know, food waste is a big problem here in Canada and 25% of most um, food gets thrown out every week or, you know, the stats are quite high in terms of um, the role that we can play in helping to reduce food waste. So it was a big focus for us last year was the leap year in life at, um, or sustainability. This year we're in leap year in life at home. But we thought, how can we facilitate that conversation and create engagement with um, our customers on the topic of food waste? So. What we did is we created a free cookbook where we worked with um, 10 chefs who focus on sustainability across North America to come up with uh, dishes basically using food scraps. So food waste that you would have thrown out. So these amazing, there was 50 recipes and 
just they were so amazing uh, and we got such great buzz and interaction because of that. So here where we are taking an idea to facilitate a meaningful conversation, hopefully also sparking change and a movement here. But we also were able to engage with our coworkers and our customers and just new audiences in new ways. So that was uh, a key thing for us. And we had a ton of PR buzz over it. We had over 60,000 downloads from customers and, and the majority of them were new customers. So, so that was just a really great win for us in the sense of, you know, engaging on important societal topics, but also connecting with our audiences in new and, and inspiring ways. And, and I don't want to get into the, like the, the technical aspects of it, but there's also a, a return policy, um, not like the Costco one that you hear people take advantage of, but a policy that's about sustainability. Like if the IKEA Billy shelf maybe isn't working in your life anymore, you can actually return it, right? And, or you can get it, take it back to IKEA and, the, and you do something cool with it. And, and if yes. you, yeah, yeah, I, tell us about that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yes. So that's our, our sellback program. And, yes. and we're okay. really, uh, that's been a really exciting story as well, too. So again, you know, there's a lot of talk about um, unsustainable consumption and mass consumption and, and what role do we play um, as IKEA and what, you know, role can we play in leadership in terms of circularity and really telling that narrative in an inspiring way. So a couple of years back, we did launch the program through our family membership um, loyalty program where if you were done with um, a beloved IKEA product, you could return it back to IKEA for store credit and really um, bring that product to have a new life for somebody else too. So there's a really great sustainability message there, that circularity message, and also affordability message too, that maybe then this gives, um, opens up IKEA to a wider audience. And uh, it's been really well received. So clearly there is an, a big need for, I think in BC, it's been one of our, the province has been most uh, um, most invested in the program and it's just such a great win. And then to ladder onto that program, the last two years, we did a really bold campaign, again, communications and marketing coming together. And instead of promoting deal crashers on, on you know, on Black Friday, we, we repositioned it to, Talk, to talk about Black Green Friday, where we could have meaningful conversation about, uh, you know, unsustainable consumption and, and that circularity talk. And that was, again, another great way that we've been able to, um, yeah, engage with our, our audiences in new ways and, and hopefully having that that impact. Because for us, it's really important as a brand like IKEA, we, we know we're big enough to make a difference. We, you know, worldwide have, you know, 450 stores and service a billion people, you know, customer-wise. And in Canada, we also know that we can play that leadership role when it comes to life at home, circularity, climate action, and um, equality. So, so we're really excited about this work, and we we think that there is some, um, you know, more work we can do, and we're happy to take up some of that that leadership space. It's amazing. I, uh, and those that uh, maybe don't have a vehicle anymore or the ability to drive uh, your IKEA furniture back to IKEA, you also created repurposeful instructions. So yes, yes. 
So that was, um, yeah, um, that was a, another marketing collaboration. And last year, as I said, the our theme was Leap Year in Life at Home because, again, to make a movement, we really wanted the whole organization behind this movement that, you know, it couldn't just be one area of the business. So another way to engage our customers and finding new purposes for, for products that they've loved so they don't end up, you know, on your front curb, if you will, or either somewhere else that you can bring that back. And again, it's that circularity message. And uh, it's been really great and, and uh, nice to see the buzz and, and, you know, support around that. And even our units really getting into it and extending the lives of some of the campaigns. So for example, back to the Black Green Friday, all of a sudden, our parking lots, we were partnering with organizations like Furniture Bank, where, Bank, where people could bring back any of their products. It didn't have to just be an IKEA product, but there was an opportunity to, to give um, you know, another piece of furniture, not IKEA, a second life to maybe somebody in need for it. It's amazing. So those that are listening, maybe working on the communication side, or those that are on maybe on the marketing side, what's your advice and tips for those two worlds working together to produce these incredible campaigns? And absolutely, I think a key thing is really coming together to work together and not being siloed. And even in past, sometimes our priorities would be different than market, like communications, you know, compared to marketing. So it's really important about coming together and, you know, seeing where we can have the biggest impact. And again, I think the whole organization has to get behind it, as I mentioned, with the leap year in life at home and sustainability. So this year it's leap year in life at home. Last year it was sustainability and really bringing those together too. Of course, we sell home furnishing, we're life at home experts, but where does it, where does that all come together? And this year in particular, we've been looking at this more inclusive idea of home where, you know, it's not just home, my, my shared, my four walls, but it's also home in terms of my neighborhood and my communities and my workplace and our shared home, the planet. So what we can, what impact can we have? So for us, it's about getting everyone together, working more collaboratively, going after the, the things that are authentic to the brand. We want to be purpose-led. So how do we you know, tell our stories in a, in a more um, emotive way and connect with it on a deeper level with, with our, you know, our, both our coworkers and our customers and hopefully new customers. So. It's storytelling has been a key thing and, and not being afraid to go to be bold and, and go big and, and having an impact. But that said, in terms of advice for others, too, you know, it needs to be authentic to who you are as a brand. We've been on this purpose led journey for some time. We have clear proof points and actions to support any words or campaigns that we do. So that's really important that um, the action goes hand in hand with uh, um, the stories and the communication. And maybe those that are students listening or they're in marketing or in communications, what would you say is the difference between someone who's like, man, I can't decide whether well, I'm going to go into marketing or I want to go into communications. How would you distinguish between those two roles? Because we talk a lot on the show about, you know, do you go brand side or do you go agency yes. side? How do you know if you want to go comm side or marketing side? Absolutely. And there's a lot of um, connection points between marketing and communications. But then I think where, so for example, our communications program at IKEA Canada, we, the brand positioning is a key one that we do overlap with, with marketing and there's um, our commercial PR or product PR program. But then we also have our corporate PR program and, you know, how we want to show up as a business and how do we engage with them, our stakeholders and media, um, I think another important area is 
is the trust piece. We both own trust. So of course there's the brand trust, but you know, we're doing a lot of work on that societal trust piece too and how we can leverage that. Um, also at IKEA Canada Communications covers uh, public affairs. So the impact we want to have on that, you know, on some of those broader societal issues as well too, where we can lean in and show that leadership. Um, issues management and crisis communications sits there too. And then another big one that I, you know, I should have mentioned first is the co-worker engagement piece and in internal communications and really enabling the business through effective communications and our business operations. So I think that's, there's a lot of similarities, you know, around the brand positioning and how we are externally um, with customers and um, consumers, but then in communications, there's also the stakeholders Policymakers, influencers, your coworkers. Those are, that's another whole bucket of uh, stakeholders to engage with. So for me, I've always I've loved both areas, and um, you know I think in communications there's always something new going on. It's never the same the same day twice. So uh, of course in the role that I sit in, it's overseeing, and I have the, also the privilege and opportunity to sit on. The management team so we're also having you know bigger broader discussions about the business of course but uh, the nice thing is too you can also funnel down into a really specific area of both marketing and communications so the nice thing is they're both very rewarding and enriching um, but that's why i think communications has been the area that i've been in for the longest time it's been about 20 years it's amazing and those that are maybe, you know, think maybe I'm not a charity, I'm not a B Corp, like, you know, mm-hmm. Patagonia or, yes. um, you know, Ben & Jerry's, but, but Ikea, you're, you're, you're not a registered B Corp, you're not a registered mm-hmm. charity, but you're able to do these incredible, um, have this incredible impact and tell these incredible stories. So tell me about storytelling and, and what that means to you and, and the ways of, of telling that social impact. Uh, Absolutely. Story. And I think we can continue to push ourselves in, in bigger ways. As a sweet, you know, as a Swedish company, um, we've been kind of quietly, humbly going along. We're also a private company too, so there's no legal obligation to share information, tell our stories. But certainly over the years, and I would say, you know, since I've been enrolled for the last uh, coming on eight years, we see the opportunity to tell the story more. And there is the expectation too, and you know, our coworkers are so proud of the work that we're doing. And more and more, you're seeing. Um, customers wanting to buy into a brand as much as they buy from a brand and making their purchasing decisions based on you know what the brand stands for so I you know I think in terms of long-term brand health and growth and in our own long-term journey we see that as as an area that we should really focus on and even research shows that brands that are purpose-led tend to outperform you know their competitors that aren't and for us too our co-workers are you know a huge um, sense of pride for us and a focus for us in our organization and, you know, coworker retention and engagement and attracting new talent. We think that can be a big differentiator for us. So we actually are working on a big campaign right now where we can connect our purpose and our people in an even stronger way because they are really the ones that are that own the positioning with our, our brand. We can do a lot from a communications marketing perspective, but it's that frontline interaction between our customer and our coworker that has the biggest impact on our brand. So speaking of which, you are uh, calling in from headquarters and you have a store connected, correct? Yes, and one thing that's different about Ikea, we would never say headquarters, we're a service office because we are here to service the stores and 
all of our um, service offices around the world are connected to the store. So we sit, uh, so we're in the store essentially. And, and it was really important to our, our founder in our camperhead where, you know, we needed to ha- know the realities of the stores. Mm-hmm. We even have front days where our service office coworkers need to spend time in the stores each year to work, to really understand the experience and what our, our, uh, co- our store coworkers go through and, and the importance of that connection to to them, to our product and to our customers. So I think that's a fantastic, um, you know, focus area. Back to when I talked a little bit about our culture and values before, they're not just words on a wall for us. They are really something that um, we bring to life and really hold true to everything that we do. And, and it's embodied in how we, you know, spend our time with our coworkers, how we lead our business, um, you know, especially over the last two years during COVID, our, our coworkers um, were at the heart of every business decision that we made. And we're so proud after two years of going through the pandemic, we were able to keep every single one of our coworkers employed throughout the the course of the pandemic. And we had about a thousand days of closures between all of our stores over a two year period, but uh, protecting their livelihoods was uh, our key priority. It's amazing. Um, what is your go-to, the days you forget your lunch and, and you go down to the Ikea cafeteria, mm-hmm. what's your go-to lunch? My go-to, well, a little hidden secret or fun fact. So we have a co-worker restaurant in all of our units and we actually have different, well, we have the oh. same menu, but we also have different things to to mix it up a bit, if you will. Uh, but one of my favorites actually, and now it's on the the national menu, but it started here. It was a, it's um, our buttered chicken dish, and it was started by a Burlington coworker, and would serve it in our coworker cafeteria or restaurant, as we say. And it was so popular that uh, it's become uh, one of our national dishes, and it's it's very tasty. So that I'm always happy when I see that on the menu. <laughs> it's amazing. I I love that. And maybe this is just BC, but and it probably is just BC. But Chabertin wine is the little mini bottles of red and white is from from Langley, where where we film these, and and which is very exciting. So, um, but I love. Okay, what is the cake? It's like a hazelnut gluten free cake, and it's oh, chocolate. The, the Dame cake. The yes, Dame cake. Yes. Oh man! And and <laughs> you I can like buy to, that in the Swedish market. Yes, too. and you take it home. What I love is if I have a friend over who is gluten free. It's 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 amazing for gluten freeites, but it's also amazing for those that do eat gluten because you're just like this is the best cake in the world. Absolutely, and you know we're doing and always a surprise too. I think we have speaking of storytelling yeah. and uh, engaging uh, our our food stories is really phenomenal in the sense too that we really think about sustainably sourced items like our salmons, all MSC um, certified, and I'm sorry, I'm forget ASC certified as well too. Our um, meatballs are all, you know, hormone-free. We're also introducing, you know, the plant ball, a veggie, meat, more of a meat substitute veggie ball. Oh, those little uh, patties, like the ball. veggie patties? What are those things, the circle? You get them with the salmon? Oh, yes, oh. those are the medallions, oh, the, the vegetable medallions. medallions. Yeah, oh, my, exactly. my family loves that. We get those in the frozen area, and those are a huge treat. And it's, yeah, it, it's so, I mean, it's, it's such a, a great affordable way to, uh, to feed the family and, and we're doing more and more activations to draw people in and, and in different markets, we'll, we'll celebrate different uh, milestones in the calendar year as well too and really create that uh, experiential um, retailing experience starting with our food. So it's been a great source for us in terms of uh, driving some activity and awareness. 
Amazing. Uh, one thing I noticed, and, and, and I don't remember the exact date when it happened, but the, the partnership with Sonos, which I thought was very cool. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and those that don't know this yet, but, but Sonos, you can actually get Sonos speakers that fit in your bookshelf, so it looks like a little book or you know, kind of blends in, or you can get Sonos uh, kind of artwork speakers. So tell me about partnering, and I think with another fellow, you know, with a fellow Canadian company, and what that was like to, to do something together. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're seeing more and more um, with IKEA, where we're looking for collaborations to, to stay more relevant, to have an always-on approach, to always come and see what's the new exciting thing. So we are doing more of those collaborations. And, and Sonus was a great partnership because, again, it's that function and form. And obviously, Sonus had its own following as well, too. And, you know, two brands coming together to see the opportunity and making Sonos um, maybe um, available to more of the many, you know, certainly from a, a price perspective and that affordability lens. And we've done collaborations like that in the past too with Art Event too, where we want to make design accessible um, to the many, to more people in ways like that. And, and and that partnership was so great. Like you said, it started with a small bookshelf and a lamp and then has evolved to um, a second partnership with them with the, with the art frame, which is super cool. So I think you'll continue to see more and more of that where we can, um, you know, attract and engage with, with new customer bases and, uh, and realizing that there's some cool synergies out there with some other like-minded businesses. That's incredible. Uh, for you, what are you excited about? What's next coming down the pipe for Ikea and, and kind of your role in this, this world? Well, we're really excited about it. It's coming uh, very soon. We're opening um, our first downtown location in in Canada. So it's in Tor- right in the downtown heart of Toronto. So as you know, we've always been a little bit on the outskirts and, and more in a suburban area. But this is our first um, downtown format store right on Young Street, just a, a short walk from Eaton Centre and Dundas Square. Um, so we're really excited about that. And it's a smaller format store, so it's not your typical IKEA big box store. It's really um, created in the, the existing fabric of the community, and it'll be a new way for our, our customers to interact with the brand and shop with us. So we're really excited there. And, and But again, it'll be supporting that foot traffic piece, so to your point where not everyone is driving a vehicle and can make their way out or have the time to make their way out to um, Ikea. This is really making us more, um, you know, accessible, which has been another key priority for us to, you know, knowing not everyone wants to spend a whole day coming to Ikea and shopping. You know, what other services can we do? What other ways can we, you know, make um, us super affordable, convenient, but accessible and, and combining all those. So we're really excited about that. That'll be later this spring that we'll be opening that. I think continuation of uh, exciting partnerships with other um, well-known designers and brands, you'll start to see more and more of that in the coming years. Um, and really leaning into in our purpose-led, we think there's a huge opportunity and we're just at the surface, but where we can engage more uh, Pride festivities are coming up. That's going to be a big focus area for us. Uh, also, we're starting to do more with um, Indigenous Peoples Day, too, and we want to have a bigger impact there. I don't know if um, you know it or not already, but uh, in some of our units we've been doing, um, and this is what I love about some of the um, EDI work, it really starts at our units you know, really getting behind a project and wanting to bring it to life in a big way. So um, in Edmonton and Halifax, we have worked with um, local Indigenous communities to bring um, Indigenous life 
um, to life in our showrooms so you can see the representation. So that's been great. We're going to roll that out nationally too because uh, there's been so much engagement and interest there. We've done some various art installations. So I'm most passionate about the work that we're doing and we're, you know, in early days, but I really think that and our coworkers have so much pride for, for this work. And I think there's a big opportunity and a big space that we can play and help to facilitate and lift voices and, and really uh, be there to support broader community in, in Canada. So I'm really excited about that next stage for us. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's amazing. So June, possibly, I want to go for a nice meatball dinner with my family. Yes. Um, I could show up in Ikea Coquitlam and possibly in the showroom there would be maybe a beautiful display so of indigenous So it, it'll probably... In, I think we're going to tie it actually um, to Truth and Reconciliation Day in September, September. but in the perfect. fall, possibly. That's yes. great. There's yes. lots of days but to celebrate. That's great. Yes, That's lots perfect. of days to celebrate. Exactly. Yeah. So, but exactly. But there is there. Um, I know there was an art, a temporary art inst- installation in Coquitlam um, that we did recently with uh, Indigenous communities there, and that received a lot of just love and support. So, I um, you'll, you'll continue to see more of that and. We want to see where we can have that impact. And we know that we're, we have a big platform too. So if we can also partner and have to amplify, um, you know, various voices in our community and the work that we're doing now, you know, we're looking to do more and more of that. It's amazing. And what I find so fascinating too about IKEA is that you have been the uh, kind of catalyst birther of so many businesses and jobs in the economy in Canada outside of IKEA. So Kitsch, who's based in Alberta, his entire business is based around saying, go buy IKEA cabinets and I'll do a cool cover for them and make it look even cooler. Like it's like the, hey, take this and we'll partner with IKEA. Mm -hmm. And there's no official relationship, but he's kind of built an entire business around, he knows they're gonna get IKEA, but here's some alternatives. Or TaskRabbit, 
go get your Ikea furniture and take it home. And if you're overwhelmed, you can just go to the app and task grab it. There's all sorts of folks listed who are Ikea builder experts, self-proclaimed, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, we actually bought TaskRabbit. Oh. So we own TaskRabbit. So that is one that is a, another that. surprise. So okay. we did, we bought TaskRabbit a few years ago, but exactly, there was already a need in the market and that yeah. was one of the number one requests um, before we we um, acquired TaskRabbit, oh, where it was that's IKEA really cool. furniture assembly. So it's seeing what the need is in the market yeah. and you know where we can also offer solution and, and becoming more innovative in that tech space too. We just recently um, acquired as well too a, a company called Geomagical Labs doing more with augmented reality and room visualization and what we can do there too. So, you know, really, like you said, seeing the need or what are some of the, the pinpoints or the frustrations in the marketplace and, and where we can help to either facilitate or support that or is there yeah. a new opportunity within our own business too, knowing that not everyone wants to assemble themselves or has the time to, right? So, or shop all day. So we, yeah, yeah. So we've also another interesting thing that you may not know. We've uh, also committed to having um, 100% EV uh, delivery fleet by 2025. So we've also invested in uh, Bolt um, EV delivery because we know that was another. So we have EV chargers at all of our locations for those that want to choose a more sustainable mode of transportation to our stores. But we also realize now with omni-channel and more people ordering online, more trucks are on the road, what could we do in terms of our part to reduce our carbon emissions and and reduce our footprint? So that's been another exciting initiative based on kind of what we're seeing around us and and the role that we can play in in climate action and accelerating um, um, positive growth in that sense. It's amazing. Foldable uh, strainer. Not just that for your <laughs> taking up less space in your uh, covers, but also helping the environment at the same time. That's pretty incredible. Well, exactly. And that's another thing, too. People are always surprised to hear about the products. But every product we, we build um, has five dimensions. We call it democratic design. But, you know, looking at it through the lens of affordability, sustainability, quality, function, and form. We always say anyone can build and make an expensive product. But if you can make it exp- a product that does all that, at an affordable price for, for you know the many or those within wallets, uh, you know, and to feel good. And back to that conversation about people's purchasing decisions, where you know, if you knowing that all of our cotton is sustainably sourced, so when you buy a textile, a throw pillow from from IKEA, you can feel good about that, you know, and sharing the story more in the background and knowing that um, you know our supply chain chain we're fully audited in iway to make sure that we're really providing good lives for those that we work with in our supply chain as well too so really having that more transparent um journey of a product i feel like there are more you know people who check all the boxes of b corp just haven't gone through the process of it Mm -hmm. and and you're living and breathing every part of it which is so Mm -hmm. cool Um, absolutely and you're right and i think even more we're looking okay how do we start to because there are more of these you know sdgs and um globally recognized um accreditations and things like that where we can because we're doing a lot of it and we've been doing a lot of it like you said behind the scenes but it's you know our job um as communicators to really to get the narrative out there and, and back to that storytelling piece and you know another key um group to help us on that journey is our amazing co-worker ambassadors they're the number one ambassadors for the brand and 
you know, we're trying to empower them more to, to, to share the stories because they want to and just, you know, we haven't provided that vehicle um, or opportunity in past. So that's another way, you know, through LinkedIn, you always see some of the achievements being shared. And it, I think it means more to people than, you know, not just coming from the corporate message, but, you know, when coworkers are sharing about it or at the dining table and somebody works at Ikea and sharing those rich stories of the work that we're doing, that goes such a long way in, in building that, that trust piece. And I didn't even really, like I saw some of the like endeavors and campaigns, yes. but I didn't know the depth by which IKEA lived and breathed sustainability. That's mm -hmm. that's pretty incredible. Or you know, em embracing indigenous people through these uh, art mm -hmm. and showcase opportunities. That's that's incredible. Um, but with all this that's happening, and, and and even like you know the the boxes, the way you pack them, it takes up less room and it's easier to ship, and so many things. It's it helps me even me reframe when I think to shop at IKEA. What does that mean? And I'm actually doing you know it's kind of like the triple bottom line. It actually is helping mm -hmm. in, in many levels. Uh, what I want to talk about is uh, TikTok. One of the craziest kind of movements on TikTok is life hacks and furniture mm -hmm. hacks. And IKEA, you are often the primary subject of these TikTok videos, <laughs> which again, you have not paid any of them. None of them work for you, but no. they are showcasing the amazing things you can do with IKEA. What has that been like just watching it as a brand to see your brand talked about so much? I mean, outside of Fight Club, you know, it, it, back in the day, but <laughs> you know, it's being talked about in such a positive manner. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it, again, it goes to show the love and affinity for the brand. We've been in Canada for 45 years and, you know, a global brand that's been around has 70 years of roots. So it's great to see, especially with the evolution of technology and even though we're not on TikTok ourselves yet and we talk about, okay, maybe we do need to be on TikTok and engage in new ways. But just like Pinterest too, the IKEA hacks, you know, it's nice that, you know, to be such a, a well-loved brand that everyone knows, you know, and there's always that functional, rational relationship with the brand. But if we can even take it one step further to have that deeper connection with, you know, our engaged audience, what does that look like too in a more meaningful way and tell some of these bigger stories. But uh, yeah, we absolutely love it. And we are starting to partner with influencers more because the landscape's changing all around us. And and how do we, yeah, reach new audiences, engage in, in the ways that people want to engage with the brand. But yeah, it's been very exciting to watch and fun. And, you know, we are a brand that likes to have, we always say the twinkle in the eye. So some of those fun activations definitely are very much in line with uh, who we are as a brand for sure. That's fun. You know what I find is there's all sorts of influencer agencies now that do consumer influencers. And you can find them everywhere. Everywhere you turn, you bump into one these days, it seems like. But I've yet to see an uh, influencer agency that does B2B influencers. So I'm trying to think on the IKEA side, mm -hmm. you know, you have an incredible um, kind of office environment place, right? And so, and, and these offices are changing, right? People are making more like phone booth rooms and adjusting yes. their workspaces to make it more of like a work from home drop-in type of place. It'd be interesting to find a B2B influencer who would talk about kind of the, the, the way they use IKEA to shift their office environment even and stuff like that. Absolutely. And we saw, you know, the home and the demands we put on home for the yeah. last two yes. years and, you know, working from home now. And even, I mean, that's been a trend that I've been really staying close to, like this future of work, knowing that what does it look like in, you know, this next, as we all come back, because people want that flexibility, but, you know, there still is a need to, to get together in person for co-creation, collaborating, celebrating and connecting. Uh, and even our own service office is set up more of that 
you know, hotel style drop in. Nobody has their own desk anymore. But yeah, there's a huge opportunity there. And how do we change the the function of the but also create it, you know, when you come in, we want it to feel inspirational and dynamic. So I think there's a huge opportunity there. One of the things that I think about as a communicator when we talk about future of work, okay, we figured out we're really great at doing things in person and we figured out how to do things, you know, fairly well over the last two years remotely. But what does it look like? as we kind of come out of this and the you know the digital experience, right? Where we're always gonna have some kind of hybrid. Even when we think of events that we used to put on, coworker engagement and togetherness. As a retailer, we, you know, we do have, we've had a lot of new coworkers join us in the, during the pandemic that only know IKEA through the pandemic. So what does the new coworker engagement or engagement with our customers who may choose to be, you know, in store, but also online. So you're right. I think there is a lot still to be explored there and, and sort of new terrain for all of us to, to figure out. I know that I have ordered quite a lot of Ikea because we, we ended up moving during the you know last couple of years uh, and we, we made a mass order for a new place. And then I, we had a task rabbit person come. They spent the whole day with us. It was very exciting. Um, Hope it was a good experience. It was incredible, actually. It was best. I was like, I was like, I made IKEA like amazing. Like, I was like, oh, this Wonderful. is the because I've tried to move IKEA stuff in the past, like a bunk bed one time. Mm-hmm. Not a great idea. Um, but the one thing I would say was like, I don't imagine myself going back into store unless it's for like a really fun meal that I've missed or this uh, September, the the art experience mm-hmm. or yes. the, the the culture. I would actually go with my family, be like, let's go there and get because it, it's. It, this, what's so neat about Ikea, actually, actually, the last time I went that I remember pre-COVID was uh, family were from here, from out of town. We went for a walk through Ikea looking at stuff. It was like going to the zoo almost, but it was like <laughs> looking at rooms and getting inspiration and ideas. And and it was such a neat experience. And then we all went for a meal afterwards and had an ice cream and, and, and all that good stuff. I got a dame cake, of, of course. But, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, it's, but that's exactly. Yeah, I'm, but I'm an anecdotal one. I'm sure there's lots of other people who are going and attending and experiencing it firsthand and not ordering online. Absolutely. And I think, and that's what we want our showrooms to be, yeah. um, inspirational, yeah. idea generating. But we also know that we need to do more to, to get people out. People are busy to get into their vehicle or take the public transit to get to one of our stores. We really want to make sure that it's a fantastic experience, um, you know, whatever that looks like. So we're doing more and more experiential retailing in terms of whether it's food activations, workshops, uh, to really make sure. And of course, we want to have exceptional customer experience in all of our channels um, to really have that seamless on omni-channel because we know customers don't think in channels. You know, it's I'm online, then I'm going to come to the store, back and forth. So we want to make sure that at every touch point you have that exceptional experience. And uh, but knowing that to get you out there, that we really make sh- we need to make sure that it's you know why am I coming into the store? We have to give you a reason to come in. And that said, of course, for you know when when you can only just shop quickly, we have uh, you know curbside click and collect where you can just run in quickly. We have you can order, and we're trying to. Um, really enhance our service offer to meet everyone's needs, just knowing that people are crunched for time and, and yeah. don't necessarily want to shop that way anymore. So really providing that full fulsome experience no matter yeah. how you choose to shop with us. And when you think about omni-channel, the other fun thing to think about too is like, you know, all the different channels. Sonos actually, not probably, you know, they brought me back to Ikea. 
because it was like, look what we've made. Yes. And I was like, this is amazing because I fell in love with Sonos and the way that they dewired my home. And it was such a it's such a reliable, clean thing. Mm-hmm. And then it, it just it, the, the two brands align so well. Right. Like clean and slick and functional and, and looks good in your home. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's well, and that's it, and that's what we're hoping through some of these collaborations and and new. Um, you may know that we've gotten away from that once a year physical catalog, but now we want to invite people in at least four times a year. We have four different launch collections to again inspire that. Hey, come back to IKEA. You know, there's new things to see, and you don't have to just come once a year. There's at least four different times in a year that you're going to see new and exciting product from us and and some cool collaborations. Okay, you know what work? Here's an idea. I'm just throwing this out there. This is just yes, this. I'm just, I'm, gonna, so, I'm, I'm yeah. just giving this to you. So I've got four kids. So I've got a 15 year old, eight year old, six year old, and a three year old. So I'm giving you context, and and I've seen this kind of work in other ways in the past before. But if you said on like if we because I registered for that family thing a while ago. Mm-hmm. Do you know the IKEA family? Yeah, our, so, our loyalty program. Yes, yes. Okay, so if somehow I think you might have my kids' data information, but if somehow on my kids' birthdays, much like back in the day with Baskin Robbins or Red Robin, if you had like a, like a, like a, you, there's a term for it, a loss leader. You had a stuffy that my kid could collect and go, and every year it's a different stuffy, you know, every year it's 2011, 2012, or whatever, and, and they could get a stuffy. It'd be such a fun excuse for me to be like, well, I don't want to take them for an ice cream, and I don't think they really do free ice cream anymore. I don't even know if Baskin Robbins survived COVID, but I would, <laughs> I would drive to Ikea, because it'd be a fun excuse with my kid. Like maybe it's all, and maybe all, we all go, and they get this stuffy, because they show their passport or birth certificate, and then we just, and then we look at the new collection. So you'd, you would get my family at least four times a year. I love it. And I think, okay. yeah, and, and, and again, I know we're doing more, and I will pass that That's, on to yeah. our IKEA family team. <laughs> Just uh, throwing that. Well, no, and again, it's what's that added value as a a loyalty member too? what what added, you know, value is, am I going to get as an IKEA family member and and doing more and more of that? But another thing you may not know, but I'm so impressed with all of your IKEA knowledge. Actually, you you know, I'm very impressed with how much you already know about the brand. But on the stuffy conversation, uh, the last few years, each year we have a drawing competition where... um, children create a different stuffy or a little small toy and it gets turned into an ikea product and we actually had um a winner from saskatchewan uh, affiliated with the edmonton store this past year and it was a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich it was uh, sandwich friends it was called yes i need that i need that for my company i own jelly marketing is my company oh yes exactly yes and it was it's a peanut butter and jelly yeah exactly we'll we'll figure out how to get you one yes yes we need these we need these I'll send you the link, but it was, yeah, and that's so nice. And then all the proceeds get, go back to local charities in the yeah. market. So there is that that purpose connection. That's incredible. So many, so many things. Um, are you feeling ready for the rapid fire transition over? Yes, I'm fe- I know. Well, again, it's been such a fun oh. uh, conversation and you're so up on your IKEA products and uh, collabs. So uh, yeah, I know it's been really exciting. Oh, it's very cool. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I was like, my home, I walked through my home even this morning. I was like, yeah, my entire home is Ikea and even our entire <laughs> off. It just works, right? It's just. It yeah. really does. Yeah. We yeah. got this great, oh, my, so my son, my three-year-old has this great bed and then there's a bed underneath the bed. And then he even has a bed for his stuffy because you guys sell a little doll bed thing. So he's like, it's great. And then the help. So I have three kids as yeah. well, too. So I think I have that same Hemnies yeah. yeah. day yes. bed Hemnies. that then turns into a big king yes. bed. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. And it matches his and drawers. Bed. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He's got his chest of drawers and then a bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. But I, I digress. Um, here we go. What was your first ever job? 
So in retail, I actually uh, worked at Arden Accessories. So they've had a transformation of their own now because it was all you know, more jewelry, costume jewelry and things like that. But when I, I go by now, it's a lot of clothing. So that was my first and uh, really had wore all the hats of retail from product sales, uh, logistics. It was, it was great. It was a really great experience. It's a first time job. <laughs> That's awesome. Night owl or early bird? Used to be a night owl, but as I've gotten older, early bird, and I, I definitely by by nine o'clock I'm I'm ready for bed. It feels like so early, yeah. early bird. Nice cat or dog person. I like both, but I like many. I got a, a COVID puppy, so nice. I have a little uh, little dog now that we got in November, and she's been a great addition to the family. That is awesome. Uh, what's the first thing that you marketed and or communicated about and for? Well, I guess one of the first things that I marketed about was uh, the Toronto Waterfront vision. So it wasn't a product, but it was a vision. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're it's coming back to that a little bit, too, as we talk about the vision that we want to market now, too, and not just the product. So lots awesome. of learnings there for sure. Uh, dark or milk chocolate? Um, both, but I feel like dark's the healthier version, but not too much that it's so bitter. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I got you. Um, favorite word right now? Ooh, I'm going to say divergent thinking. We've been talking about that a lot at uh, at IKEA. And, you know, as we are going through this transformation of our own business and to really, you know, be open to thinking in new new ways, right, and connecting the dots in ways maybe we hadn't in the past. So so that's been uh, – we, we're talking a lot about that as, as, a, as our team planning meetings. That's awesome. Uh, what's the last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Absolutely. We've been doing a lot. So both actually my individual needs, but also um, at IKEA, we've been doing a lot in the the food insecurity space, just knowing, especially in the last two years, um, so many people have been impacted by by COVID. And um, here in, in Burlington, for example, connecting with um, Gift and Giving Back Food Program and um, Food for Thought, you think, and it's hidden where, you know, they really package food for, for families to take home on the weekend or the children to take home on the weekend so they can have nutritious meals. And, and it's, you know, the numbers are way more than you would ever would ever expect. And so I think we've been doing a lot, even at IKEA Canada for many years, um, doing a lot with the National Breakfast Clubs program, just how important uh, a healthy start to the day is and, and the role that food can play in that. Yeah, it's huge. Thank you for sharing. Um, what's a movie that you just love? You can watch it over and over and over again. You know what I'm going to say right now um, with my kids. I have yeah. three kids as well, too. And uh, the two new Disney movies or the new um, animated movies. So Encanto has been great and even and, and Turning Red, yes. too, which is in yes. Toronto. Yes. And it's been so nice to have it more inclusive in terms of representation. Yeah. And, yes. and the storylines have been so much more dynamic for the character. So I've really enjoyed it. Uh, both of those, especially uh, watching with my daughter. And mentioning Toonies and Loonies, not just the green Toon- Yes, and, well, and, and the Sky Dome. I still yes. call the Rogers Center the yeah. Sky Dome, and it's been 20 years. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, what's your favorite song or album on repeat right now? Oh, geez. Um, I'm, one, I'm one of those uh, types of gals that uh, I don't have a certain song. I love, it depends on what mood I'm in, and yep. I don't necessarily like one album yep. or one artist, but... I'm really into the activity, the curated yeah. playlist yeah. based on activities right now. Uh, 
So I was listening to on Apple, the off, you know, Office DJ, just yes. kind of that fun, yeah. upbeat. But I, I really have eclectic taste in music. No, that's great. That's awesome. Um, and if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, I at one point I thought I wanted to be uh, an occupational therapist, which is yeah. very different than communications, but in some way helping people. I've yeah. always had that connection to people. So so that I think is, um, but I also like marketing too and advertising, yeah. although there's already a lot of synergies here. But I, in university, occupational therapy was, was nice. one of the things I was interested in. That's cool. Uh, what's an app on your phone you just can't live without? So anything that makes life a little bit easier, for sure. Uh, so one thing that I've done with the kids, I don't know if you're familiar with this app, it's called Mido, and it really teaches kids about um, you know, money, responsibility. You can assign tasks for them like you would for an allowance, and it's all digital, so you can send the money to them. They have a card that they can use with it and again it's a prepaid so it only has the limit of the yeah. money that you've sent and you know walking the dog for example and it teaches them about money budgeting you see what they spend their money on and it's been a really great and all of a sudden people want to do chores in the house uh, wow. with this so it's been uh, great but any any of the and I, I live my life on my phone and you know do most of my personal administration there so lots of to-do list apps and anything that makes life a little bit easier including Skip, you know, ordering food apps and yep. things like that and groceries. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to check out that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, favorite children's book? You know what? And again, with the kids, I've always loved Robert Munch, a good Canadian author. The stories have always been fun. I've enjoyed reading them again with, uh, with my kids and then kind of reliving through them. So I think that... Uh, uh, a lot, all of his stories. I, I guess I love you forever is my my most favorite, yeah. and I think I still tear up when I when I hear that story. But uh, it's been great, you know, the classics that really are still relevant today. Yeah, was it Mermel, Mermel, Mermel? That's oh, a, yeah, yeah, that one, that's, <laughs> yeah that's or, cool. or Smelly Socks right now is another one that we have on repeat. The kids yeah. get really get into. <laughs> that's awesome. Below zero, yeah. Um, what's the best thing that you ever bought for under ten dollars? Oh, well, I'm going to have to, of course, give an IKEA product yeah, uh, yeah. nod here. And it's, I think it's actually even under $5. It's uh, our apple cutter. I don't know if you, it's yes, green. Yes. I think it's called Sprita. It's $4.99, but with three kids, I make a lot of lunches, three lunches a day. Apple is a go-to, and it just is such a seamless way to cut an apple. And uh, that's one of my favorites, and it's such a great find. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great one, and then it's just the cleaning, and then you just gotta. It is a cleaning trick. Once you figure out the cleaning trick, it's, yes. it's the best. Yes. Yes, you you gotta, do, you're right. That's a good. You gotta point clean it quickly because yeah. it can harden on there. The little apple pieces. So, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> exactly. No, I know. Um, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? You know, I think for us as a business here right now, it's you know, we had you know, one way of doing things for so long and it was so success successful and the right way to do it. But, you know, the world's changing all around us. So I think just it's important to open our eyes about the changing needs of the business and being open to evolving with it. And that goes with communications and marketing too. Like when I started 20 years ago, some of the ways that we would do communications or PR, that has changed. So I think every year, you know, the team and I, and we had some planning today, we sit down and say, what was working before and you know what's not working today and not being afraid to change it and we were saying today just because we did it before doesn't mean that we need to do it today so i think it's constantly challenging yourselves to say is this still working is this still relevant and and not being afraid to 
to shift, even though we have some legacy, right? So I think just being open to that growth mindset, and that's definitely been something that I've uh, I've pushed the team on, um, and certainly as as a business, we've had lots of discussions about and and not um, remaining stagnant, just growing and evolving the business and and ourselves as individuals. That's awesome. Uh, business or marketing books that you recommend? I'm really in right now to, again, a little bit to follow up on that is organizational leadership books. I really like Brene Brown. And, and that's another thing I can say I've changed my my mind on. I really um, you know, love what she talks about in terms of vulnerable leadership and and being open. I think I, I grew up in the generation was fake it till you make it and don't show weakness. And hey, we're all, nobody had a, pan, a handbook on how to lead a global pandemic and, communi- and lead communications through it. So being vulnerable to say, you know, I may not have all the answers, but together we we will find the answers and we will find our way. And for us, it's really important to use our, when we're making decisions and we're faced with dilemmas, use our, our culture and values as our guiding light. If it you know, if it, when we mirror it up to our culture and values, then all of a sudden the decision becomes very easy for us, right? So I think being being open and, and being that empathetic leader with trust, I mean, I've always tried to be empathetic, but also, you know, showing when I maybe don't have it all together and need the team's extra support. So that's been something. So I really uh, like Brene Brown and her podcasts, her, her books, and, and really um, it connects with me. That's awesome. That's really good. So speaking of which, um, podcast, newsletter, or website that you go to for inspiration and ideas? I kind of all of the above. I love, you know, scrolling through social media on Instagram, seeing brands that connect with me, podcasts I'm listening to more and more, and and like Work Life by Adam Grant. I I just spoke about Brene Brown. You know, I certainly follow a lot of newsletters, industry-related, whether marketing or communications read a lot of news, just again, in, in the role that I'm in, I'd like to have a lot of information that I can quickly digest and consume. That is awesome. Um, life hack that you'd be willing to share? A life hack, I think as I've gotten older, and again, 20 years of my career, just remembering to, to take some time for myself. And, you know, self-care is really important. And we've been talking about this a lot um, in our organization about, um, you know, your your own mental health and well-being and really making sure that you're, you know, you can't take care of anyone else if you haven't taken care of yourself. And as a parent, too, I think we wear many hats. So that means, you know, blocking time out of my days. We have wellness days at Ikea, for example. We rebranded. Uh, we had sick days and we rebranded them to wellness days and encouraged people to actually take them off when they had appointments, when they needed a day, when they had to take care of children because that adds struggle. And we know people have lives outside of, um, you know, their work life. So I think myself putting that into practice too, setting healthy boundaries, going for walks and getting, you know, outside in nature. Sometimes when I'm stuck with a dilemma, a good night's sleep or a walk will help me, you know, really clarify where I want to go and bring me that clarity. So really important to take care of yourself. I used to think, oh, I'll sleep later. I'm young, I'm invincible. But but no, it's really important as I've gotten older to, to take care of myself so I can take care of others and, and show up as my best self at work and at home. And, and it might have been intentional, but you talked about the secret uh, restaurant for coworkers and staff when they oh. work at Ikea. <laughs> Those that are like, man, I want to work at Ikea one day. Yes. Or I want to switch from where I am to Ikea. Or, or they're just you know in university college and they want to work mm-hmm. in Ikea one day. What's, what's your encouragement? What do you look for when you bring on new team members? 
Well, we really want people that are passionate about the brand to, you know, if they have an interest in home furnishing, but if they want to really, you know, customer experience or um, customer excellence and really providing that, that opportunity to engage with our customers in, in great ways. One thing that we that we share, we really want our, our co-workers to see IKEA as a, a lifelong career for, for them, that there's lots of opportunities. And I love the stories, and there's so many stories like this at IKEA where, you know, I'll meet somebody who now works, you know, with a global organization, say in Sweden, but started, you know, here in Burlington as the part-time parts co-worker. So I think that you can really have a meaningful career in retail and certainly at Ikea. And we are a company that fosters and wants to create that opportunity and development and, and give people a chance. Uh, so it's, I think anyone who really wants to be with a brand who wants to have that legacy and that create that greater purpose in society, but also, you know, people that want to grow with us and, and then absolutely there's always lots of opportunity. That's incredible. Uh, where can people find you and, and get a hold of you or, or where can they go online to, to learn more? Perfect. Absolutely. So, of course, IKEA.ca you know, is our website. We also on LinkedIn are starting to share more of these corporate journeys and some of the stories. I'm on LinkedIn as well, too, where we can share some of the, the broader work that we're doing. Uh, so definitely you can find me under Tanya Bevington at, uh, at LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram as well, too. Same same handle. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, we're happy to and hopefully you see more and more of our stories out there and, and sharing more because there's a big opportunity to tell them and, and, and people, and it matters to people and they want to know more and, and feel good about shopping with us. And I hope they do because uh, we're a company and I feel very privileged working for a company that, that is wanting to have that bigger impact in society. We always say we want to be known as more than just a home furnishing company and I, I, I think that we're doing that which is which is fantastic to be a part of yeah I've, I've, I've been a fan and I'm even uh, becoming a, a deeper fan because of this uh, this chat oh, so wonderful thank you Tanya so much thank you for being here um, I hope when you come out to the BC stores um, you raise a glass of Chabreton in honor of a, of a great Langley winery um, <laughs> and they're mini little bottles they're just so cute you just can't help but put one on your tray Oh, that's wonderful. I will I will definitely do that when I'm out and I, I will be visiting both stores. So so that's great. And I really appreciate uh, your love for the brand and, and the great conversation today. It was, uh, I think we could have talked all afternoon about, about the work that we're doing in the products and your experience. And yeah, it's been great to be able to share our story. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us for another week of Marketing News Canada. We'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 